0: Welcome to the Hypnotoad podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's Andrew Zimmel coming to you again with a jam-packed episode. This is probably the most smorgasbord episode of the Hypnotoad podcast we have done to date. So you get a little bit of everything, a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of women's soccer. Uh Look at us, checking all the boxes. Before we start, gotta remind you subscribe rate review the podcast wherever you get the podcast make us the best tcu podcast out there you know the competition is stiff but i know we can rise to the top so subscribe rate review wherever you get it and you have a chance to win a free heartland college sports koozie by emailing your rating and review off apple podcast to pete mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com take a screenshot send the review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at harlandcollegesports.com for a chance to win a free koozie. Summer's warming up. It's coming right around the corner. Cool off with a koozie and uh, the toad podcast. All right, let's start. Let's start with football. TCU football, after one of the best seasons, if not the best season in school history, comes back with a couple of big problems, right? Quarterback room, what is that going to look like? New offensive coordinator. Well, both of those questions relatively answered now as we kind of have an idea going into spring training. Who will be or spring practice? Who will be the starting quarterback uh, from all reports? But we also have a new commit. Haas Henje, he committed to TCU last week. And funny enough, he committed almost right when this podcast went live. It was almost right at the same time. It's funny because if you're a TCU fan, now you can pretty much set your clock to it. As we record the podcast, you know, big TCU news will drop right after we go live. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter. And of course, Heartland College Sports on Twitter as well. They keep you up to date with all things happening in the uh, Big 12. And as the conference expands and everything else, we will expand with it. So anyway, point is, as news breaks, they get it first. Go over there, check it out. All right. Haas and Duke commit, March 22nd. A lot of shit happens between then and now. He took visits to Baylor, to Houston, to Oklahoma State, and of course to TCU. But as a lifelong fan of the Horn Frogs, he decommitted from Duke and decides to commit to TCU. He was one of the biggest parts of that Aledo State Championship winning squad in 2022. He threw for over 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. He also rushed for 1,200 yards and 15 TDs. He's a three-star prospect, listed at 5'11", 170 pounds, and he is a three-star prospect according to Rivals. This is the reason that he came, right? Not only because TCU super fan, TCU fan, get them while they're young, I get it. Allegedly, this is what they're reporting, is that he came because of the relationship with Kendall Bryles. Now, if you remember back when Kendall Bryles got hired, I was one of those people who was not exactly thrilled with the hire, especially considering the last name. If you're a TCU fan today and you still have maybe a little bit of icky feeling with the last name, with the allegations that went on in Baylor, with his involvement in that, right, I don't blame you because we're on the same page here. I feel icky about it too. But if your AD says it's okay and your head coach says it's okay, and as a fan, you kind of have to say, what more can we do? What more can you do? You gotta kind of accept it as what it is. Now, Kendall Bryles, with all the baggage, is still a better coach than I would say about 75% of the coaches out there. And he's a better offensive coordinator than probably 85% of the coaches available. Okay. Losing Garrett Riley, one of the smarter offensive coordinators in the Big Twelve last year to Clemson really put Sonny Dykes in this offense kind of in limbo, right? Because Dykes, of course, a very smart, one would say almost a genius offensive coach. But losing Riley is going to be a big, big shoes to fill. And Kendall Bryles, you almost get him at a discount, right, off the bargain bin. There's still a lot to be said, right? And to say that people don't get second chances or people don't deserve second chances is wrong. I just want to make it completely and abundantly clear to you that I feel icky too. If you feel icky, there's no reason for you not to, okay? You have every right to have a little bit of hesitation getting behind this. But these are the type of moves that TCU is going to be able to make with him at OC. He has connections to high school players. He has connections to some of the best talent in the state. And you're going to get decommitments from other schools coming to TCU. That is the bargain you, you pay. You get the Bryles name. You get kind of the uneasiness with that. But you also get some of the best talent in the state. Now, a three-star recruit to play quarterback as a dual threat. Max Duggan is leaving huge shoes to fill. The uh, Davy O'Brien winner, a Heisman finalist. This guy was the best quarterback in the last 20 years. I love Andy Dalton. I, I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. That's one of the reasons I became a TCU fan, was the way he played the sport. Played the position. I, I just Max Duggan just did everything you needed him to do. And in such a short amount of time, going from a backup to the starter to then going to New York is just such a great Disney Plus-like story. There is going to be a big question mark around the position coming into this year. Chandler Morris right now is looking to be the head, the, the starting quarterback. We'll see if that sticks. Um, but again, as we go into spring practice, that is kind of what I'm hearing. We'll see if anything else changes uh, in that. And then, of course, as it changes, we'll let you guys know. All right, so let's talk TCU baseball because they've been on fire. Took down Abilene Christian on Tuesday night. Twenty one and twelve on the season. TCU now ranked twenty-fifth after going two and one against Oklahoma State over the weekend. Twenty-fifth, they sneak into the top twenty-five. College baseball is so weird when it comes to the ratings because some places will have them rated as twenty five, some places won't have them rated at all. We're gonna go off of the college, uh, the the NCAA website. And that's where we're gonna get all of our ratings from. So if anything changes on that website, you know, hey and it's something changed between the time you're listening to the podcast and now, again, it's kind of weird the way these ratings go. They're 25th right now. I think they're going to stay in the top 25, probably for the remainder of the season, unless something crazy happens. Big win this weekend against Oklahoma State. We talked about it last week. I said Oklahoma State was one of the better teams in the conference. TCU getting the job done two games to one, it made me feel a little bit easier coming into this Abilene Christian game. However, these midweek games, man, if you're not watching the midweek games for TCU, I don't know what to tell you. Because these games sometimes end up being better than the weekend games. I don't know if it's just because you're not throwing your, your aces or you're, you're getting some guys some at bats that they might not get at bats before or what the deal is. But it seems like every single one of these TCU midweek games turns into just a weird one. And TCU should not have trailed Abilene Christian. They did at one point. Abilene Christian opened up the scoring in the first inning with two run, or a run on two hits. TCU tied the game in the second off an Anthony Silva double, leading off the inning and later scored David Bishop on a ground out to tie the game at home. Uh, River Ridings, he got the win in relief. He took over in the fifth inning with a runner on the corners and one out. He allowed a hit, struck out one. And then uh, Brandon Salone, he allowed three runs on six hits in four and one-third innings. So the TCU pitching staff, because this is what I keep an eye on. I monitor this. The TCU pitching staff is sitting just a hair under five earned runs a game. It's 4.65 earned runs per game. While Texas, the number one team in the conference, giving up 3.45 uh, ERA there in first place. However, TCU is in the bottom three when it comes to opponent batting average. So they're doing a good job of keeping the batters off the bases but when they give up hits, those hits end up uh, scoring a lot of runs. Other players to keep an eye on, Anthony Silva. He's third in the Big 12 in batting average at 387. Brandon Taylor is tied for second in home runs with 10 home runs so far this season. Cole Keckler leads the Big 12 in wins at 6-2. He also has a four, or 3.48 ERA. All right. What does this all mean? After a win against Abilene Christian and the fact that TCU has now won five of their previous seven games and their fat past four midweek series. I said, I'm not in love with April baseball. Okay. I'm not in love with picking a team in April and saying, okay, we're going to ride you all the way into June. We're going to ride you to Omaha because I don't think that that's fair. I think there's a lot of teams that are still figuring it out. I think TCU kind of is one of those teams, to be completely honest with you, that is figuring things out in this month. But as we get to the middle of the month, I am seeing growth with this TCU team. Now the pitching staff still, it's still up in the air. How confident I feel because Texas right now has the two best pitchers in the conference. TCU their pitching staff is has a little bit left to be desired. The hitting has done really well, right? With Silva and uh, Taylor and a couple other guys who have done a really good job putting the ball in play, really good job of hitting the ball. I don't like being a team. That's going to hit a lot and score a lot of runs, and the pitching staff that's bleeding runs as well. Like a perfect world, you have a pitching staff that keeps guys off the bases, and you have bats that are scoring a bunch of runs. I don't think that that's going to be the type of team TCU is this year, right? We're only in the middle of April. We got a lot of games to play, have a lot of time before the Big 12 tournament, have a lot of time before the Super Regionals. I don't think that TCU is a team that's going to be winning a lot of games 2 to 1 or 3 to 2. I think a lot of these games we looked at the Abilene Christian game at 75. We look at some of those other games earlier in conference play that are 12 to 10, uh 16 to 8 games. I caution TCU baseball fans. Like I don't think this is going to be the team right now. It's going to be the team in April or uh, in in May and June. But if you're a TCU baseball fan and you you again, I'm I'm Saying if you are feeling a little bit uneasy about the pitching staff, you're not alone because I feel uneasy about them as well. Though they have won their past four midweek series, which makes me feel a little bit better. All right, they host UNC Williamton this weekend. Uh, The last teams they played was, or last time these two teams played was 11 years ago, where TCU won the series in Fort Worth two games to one. They've only played each other five times. Williamson. 19 and 12 the season, 3 and 3 in their previous six. Recording this podcast a couple days out. Their first game is Friday afternoon, so we don't know who the starting pitchers will be just yet. But if I was a betting man, I would say you probably see Chase Hoover again, who pitched four innings in that uh, Texas Tech game two weeks ago, pitched four innings in that game, gave up five earned runs against Oklahoma State on Friday night, pitched four innings, gave up seven earned runs. I would be betting. That he's not going to do that against uh, UNC Wilmington. However, if he does, that might be the last time we see him start a, a weekend series for the Horn Frogs. All right, moving on. Got to talk TC basketball because they got a bunch of good commits. The first one, let's talk about the men's side. UNC scored the second transfer portal player this off season last or uh, Monday of this week. Coastal Carolina Center Eastman Mosfa he announced his commitment online. Six foot nine, 250 pounds from Cairo, Egypt. Averaged a double double for the Chanticleers in the Sunbelt Conference this year. 12 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. Becomes a second transfer portal addition for head coach Jamie Dixon and the Horn Frogs. And they add, of course, guard Jameer Nelson Jr. last month from Delaware. So what does this mean? I think this is the answer to Eddie Lempkin leaving, right? I don't think that uh, we talked about it nearly enough. We never really found out what the. Big conflict between Dixon and Lampkin was okay. I, I haven't found out at least if you guys know, tweet at me and you can tell me. But I, I haven't ever found a definitive what the big issue was between the player and the coach. But this answers for that because it's six foot nine and 250 pounds. This is not somebody that's going to get pushed around by the likes of Kansas or Texas. TCU this year had a very magical run. I don't imagine that Jamie Dixon Dixon is looking at it thinking to himself, "Wow, what a great season. I can't wait to do this every 5 years." No. This TCU men's basketball program has been on the up and up. TCU basketball fans know this. I know this. You know this. They're on the up and up. This is a addition that I think is going to do wonders. Now the question is, can he stay on the floor at 250 pounds? You know, can he can he play when the tempo's going up pace? I don't know. We watched U- uh, UConn win this past national championship, not having to run and gun. We saw teams in the past not have to run and gun. Purdue, most famously in this uh, this tournament, they lost to a, a 16 seed. However, their entire offense was built around a guy that moved about the pace of a glacier. Okay, I'm not concerned at the college level about the pace and space that a, a guy at six foot nine, 250 pounds, might slow everything down. I, I think we'll be okay there. That was a good one on Monday. Completely got overshadowed by the women's team. Now, the women's team did not get any love, any praise from us during the regular season. That's partly on me. That's partly on them. Partly on me because, hey, yeah, you know, I'm steering the ship. We should have hit them a couple more times. Partly on them because they didn't give us a whole lot to talk about. Wasn't a ton of success happening on that side of the locker room. But the addition this past weekend, the addition this past week by Mark Campbell to bring in the best player in the transfer portal and one of the best players in college. For Mark Campbell to be able to poach Sedona Price from uh, Oregon is such a big deal. Now he was the assistant coach over there uh, before he was the head coach of Sacramento State. So that is where he kind of has that uh, connection. That's where he has that relationship Sedona Prince was the best player on the Transfer Portal. She's now a a TCU Horn Frog. Six-foot-seven post player from Liberty Hill, Texas, the number eight overall recruit in the 2018 class. McDonald's All-American. The accolades speak for themselves. I did not play girls basketball at Liberty Hill. I did not play against Liberty Hill in girls basketball. However, I did play them in the boys' sports. And I can tell you, consistently, they were really freaking good. So it makes sense for her to be the number 8 player in her uh, recruiting class. She joined the Texas Longhorns for her freshman year before transferring to Oregon. In the 50 games with the Ducks, Prince averaged 9.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. She'll join fellow newcomers, four-star ESPN 100 recruit, point guard Victoria Flores from Duncanville, and Jaden Clack from Austin. She is famous. Now, because again, I wanted to say, if you recognize the name Prince, she didn't play last year with an elbow injury. But if you recognize the name, it's because she was famous for calling out the sexism that took place in the 2021 March Madness where the women's facilities were awful. Do you remember that? Where she was talking about how the weight room was just like loose dumbbells and the food was like a ham and cheese sandwich, hold the bread. It was terrible. And she famously called it out on, I think it was Instagram Live, uh, where she said, hey, look, look at what the March Madness people, look what the NCAA is doing to the women's basketball tournament and to the women in the women's basketball tournament. So that's where she's probably most famous from. TCU fans will know her from just kicking ass on the court. So this is huge for the program. This is huge for Campbell. TCU women's basketball, historically, not super good. I don't think that that's a mean thing to say. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. Historically, they are not really the cream of the crop. They are not competing with the likes of Texas or Baylor. These are the moves that you make if you want to compete with those teams. These are the moves that you make if you want to turn a program around. And to bring in in Campbell, who already has a relationship with some of the best talent in the country with his time from Oregon, it's huge. Now, the real question will be, can he translate his connections to success? See a lot of coaches with a lot of good connections. See a lot of general managers in professional sports with really good connections. And they cannot turn it in to any sort of success on the field. And as fans, that drives me absolutely crazy. As a fan, you say to yourself, hey, you know everybody. Why can't you bring anybody here? Why can't you do that, make that work? College basketball, college athletics in general, really good to have those connections and then turn those into uh, commitments. So shout out to him. Shout out to Prince. Shout out to uh, Women's Basketball at TCU. Big, big, big addition. All right. Last thing. Speaking of women's sports, let's talk about it. A huge addition to the Houston Dash, the women's nash or the uh, W or NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. Okay, Emer- Emily Alvarado. She was incredible as a goalie for the Horn Frogs from 2017 to 2021. She earned first-team All-American honors and led TCU to the Elite Eight during her senior season. Well, she's coming home. She's coming back to the Lone Star State, coming back to Texas to play for the Houston Dash in the NWSL because she secured the transfer from her French club earlier this past week. All right, she competed on the international stage as a member of the Mexico women's national team, where she started in all 12 matches. She becomes the fifth Horn Frog in the NWSL this season, joining defender defenders uh, Jenny Weinberg of the Casey Current. Ryan Williams of the NC Courage, forward Melissa Bright of Orlando Pride, and Yasmin Ryan of Gotham FC. The Houston Dash, they currently sit in fourth place, in case you're not keeping up with Women's National League Soccer, they currently sit in fourth place after a win and a draw to open the season. So, congratulations to her. We love to see Horn Frogs on the national stage, we would love to see TCU players kind of getting their uh, just their just desserts. And you know, anytime we can highlight a former Horn Frog, you're never really a former Horn Frog, right? You're forever a Horn Frog. I'm here for it. All right, next week got a lot to talk about. We have to hit TCU baseball as we continue their baseball season. We're probably going to hit uh, the NFL draft because by that point, drafts on the 27th. By next week, we will have an idea of where. Some of the players are going to kind of shake out where they're going to go. Max Duggan not getting a lot of the press that I thought he might be getting. I thought he had it would, would have gotten a little bit more buzz as uh, the NFL draft season has continued. Not the case. So we'll talk about all of that stuff and more next week on the Toad podcast. Remember, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get the podcast. You can listen everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. you can listen. That means wherever you listen to your podcast, you can rate and review us. Don't forget, Harlan College Sports koozie on the line for you. If you screenshot your review on Apple Podcasts, send it to Mundo at HarlanCollegeSports.com. That's going to do it for us over here. We'll talk to you next week.